It's time to say peace. What is up, advocates? Thank you for tuning in again here with us in Say Peace. Grabe, it has been a while since our past episodes, no? So, I would like to welcome you guys to our, to USD UNESCO, rather, to USD UNESCO Club's sixth installment of Say Peace for Bluer Seas and Greener Lands, wherein, again, we continue to build a better world together through dialogue. By the way, I'm Lorenzo Galvez, and here with me is my fellow host, Angela Mabe. Grabe, no? Lorenzo, can you believe it? This is already the sixth episode of the podcast. I mean, what more can we talk about? Exactly. You know, this entire series has been through a lot, been through multiple kinds of, you know, topics, issues, that all especially coincide with the meanings of this organization, this group, this club. You know? So, again, just like fine wine, this this podcast series just keeps getting better and better as the months go by, as time goes by. So, Angela and I know we have already talked about varieties of themes and issues as seen in previous episodes throughout this campaign. Well, guys, um, steadfast, buckle your seatbelts because we have a lot in store for you, especially in this episode and in the future ones. But first, um, let's give the floor to our partners. Brought to you by Earth USD, in partnership with Project Blue Ilocos, Project Puno, The Climate Reality, and Project Philippines. Sana sa 2022 our Earth heals. No. Now, let me ask you, Lorenzo, do you love experiencing nature? Do you just sometimes catch yourself daydreaming being on the beach, your skin covered with sand, or having the wind travel through your skin while feeling a sense of tranquility while viewing landscapes through the mountains? Ah, oh, I wish everything would go back to normal again. Parang, parang nagde-daydream ka na naman, Angela. But, but yeah, personally, I do enjoy, you know, nature, especially the leisure it brings, the enjoyment, but... To enjoy nature just for leisure and enjoyment defeats the purpose for what it is to actually have it in our environment, our society. Nature is the livelihood of millions of millions of people around the world, especially here in the Philippines, an agricultural country where even though we're not you know, the recipients of the hard work, we are the recipients of the labor of the millions of workers in the agricultural sector. You're absolutely correct, Lorenzo. The environment truly is a gift that keeps on giving. But unfortunately, due to capitalism and consumerism, our natural resources have continued to diminish as industries continue to prioritize profit over environmental welfare. Exactly, Angela. You couldn't have said it any better than that. So, advocates, this may be the sixth episode, but we are definitely not skimping on content on jam-packed discussions that we have in store for you in this episode. Today, we are joined with one of the founders of a youth-led nonprofit organization that aims to inspire next generations of peacemakers, world shapers, and changemakers. Everybody, please welcome Miss Natasha Tanhutko of Kids for Kids Philippines. Hello, Tasha. Hi, thank you so much for having me. We are deeply honored and grateful for this beautiful lady joining us for our discussion Unfortunately, Bella cannot join us today, but hopefully soon. 
But we have also invited a representative from an in-house organization here in the university that focuses on the promotion of environmental awareness, education, advocacy, and action within the Tomashtan community. Let's give a warm of applause to Ms. Gail Nasol of Earth USD. Hi, Angela. Hi, Lorenzo. Thank you so much for having me here today. It's an honor to be part of your podcast. So, Tasha, uh, Ms. Gail, how are you guys this evening? For my part, I'm doing well. Uh, class has just finished. Buti na lang, maaga nag-dismiss yung teacher namin. So, I was, uh, so hi, I had time to prepare. Yeah, same. Thank you so much for asking. Doing really well. Um, just finished class as well. Was in class the whole day. And, and yeah, happy to be here. Tasha, if I may ask, um, because according to our executives, for, I think that they informed us that you guys were actually in the United Kingdom no? for a conference, if I'm not mistaken, COP26. Okay, thanks so much for asking. So, um, COP26, or the Conference of Parties, is the official um, United Nations Climate Change Conference. It happens annually. However, this was one of the most significant years because it's five years after the Paris Agreement. Supposedly last year, but because of the pandemic, it got postponed to this year. And what it was supposed to do was to really make sure that the loss and damage fund, or basically getting developed countries to fund um solutions for developing countries and there was supposed to be on the table a hundred billion dollars which unfortunately wasn't um followed through with and so at cop my main goal really was to be there to understand how it can be translated to on-ground communities especially high-level discussions like this where a group of men in a room were deciding our future right so i think for me it was really trying to see how grassroots level solutions are as valuable as conversations like this and like to be honest being in a room full of like different people and stakeholders like high government level conversations i felt like I was more detached from the actual crisis being in discussions like this as compared to when we're on ground with communities. So definitely this experience was super eye-opening and really that the crisis is, is on ground and it's within the communities that we work with. So um, at least in the end, I got a great learning experience out of it. But all in all, it was overwhelming, but at the same time, disappointing and i think a lot of actually filipino delegates share the exact same kind of sentiments so it was really an eventful trip um, so it's not just like a regular trip it's something that you learn something but also it's kind of saddening now you know things are happening like this like we hope we can change that like it's quite sparking a conversation like something like this yeah so miss gail hi we heard from our executives from our project has that you're actually majoring in environmental science Yes. So this is under the university, under the College of Science. So you, we really see, uh, the two of us, um, that there is an alignment when it comes to your organization and your program. So I just I just want to ask, how is your experience in EarthQSD so far and what made you join other reasons why you joined the organization? Uh, so far, it's been a very fun experience. I have been a member of EarthUSD for uh, two years now. And right now, I am uh, Executive Associate to the External Vice President. Uh, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty fun job, I would say. I feel, I feel more involved in the organization than, uh, I have, uh, than I have last year. 
since I was only a member. Uh, aside from it being aligned with my program, uh, I joined EarthUSD because their uh, their vision and their mission is aligned with my personal advocacy as well. Uh, I personally advocate both for sustainability, for proper waste management, and for the protection and conservation of biodiversity, especially here in the Philippines. So, napaka near to your heart talaga, Miss Gail, ang iyong yeah. reasons for joining EarthUSD and advocating for such like the environment. No? That truly is an inspiration. Um, as youth, we're very young still, but we already know what our, what our advocacies are, what we want to do in the future. It's very admirable. Don't you agree, Lorenzo? Definitely, definitely. So, as we dig deep into our conversation about environmental advocacy and taking action, because I've been taking note a lot, especially with the past few months, especially with, the, I think, the biggest story the past few months, yung Typhoon Maring, if I'm not mistaken, of how it ravaged the highlands of Baguio, Benguet, how places like those shouldn't be severely flooded as it was last October. It's really worrying no, to see how places that are, should be filled with forestry are completely decimated, turned into a sea, an ocean. So, Tasha, Miss Gail, if I may ask, what are the main environmental problems that our country has been facing for years, but it seems that our progress, this issue as a whole, hasn't been eradicated yet? Okay, I can I can share a little bit. Every time I think we're asked about um, environmental issues in the Philippines, or especially one of the most important aspects to talk about when we bring up environment um, issues, I feel like we always go back to the point that the reason why we're here isn't because it happened in the past 10 or 20 years, but it's deeply rooted in colonialism. And we really have to bring up this idea because at this point, when we were colonized, it's the idea of exploitation coming up. And that's exactly where we begin to see environmental degradation. And that's the reason why when we talk about a lot of the issues happening today, such as typhoons and even worse calamities, it's all rooted back in this idea of being overexploited. And that happening because of us being colonized for like 300 years and then with from Spain and then again America. It, it's just this whole idea that's deeply rooted in, this, in a system that is used to exploiting natural resources. So... The reason why we also like talking about this is because this era was when consumerism came up. The idea that we needed to buy things, the idea that we needed to we needed a surplus in order to actually live properly. And this is where the idea of temporary culture or throwaway culture came to be when in reality the Filipino culture isn't like that and as you can see with our indigenous people and the way that we work even in even in the food that we eat like how it's used like as simple as using banana leaves this idea of Filipino culture not being something that destroys the environment but sadly because again this is introduced by the west and as seen as one of the only ways to quote-unquote survive especially now in a country that is hit very much with poverty because again of over exploitation of even our people um, then again, we see how this is all connected to the idea of all the different things happening today um, in our environment, whether it be the plastic problem, so many sachets all over the place. It's all rooted back into this system. So when we talk about any environmental issues happening today, whether it be typhoons or band-aid solutions of our government to just continuously do donation drives without actually seeing systematic change, it's all rooted back in this idea where we were overexploited from the very beginning and it's this exact system we need to change as well today. 
Yes. Like what you said, the Philippines and like other, let's say, small countries, in the eyes of the big Western world, we are assets to them. And as assets, it's almost like their job to fill us up with their idea. And with their idea, that's when we follow them. We follow in their lead. And yeah. No? How about you, Miss Gail? Thank you for asking that question. I definitely agree with Miss Tasha that um, you, the influence of our colonizers, the Spaniards, the Americans, the Japanese, uh, influenced our culture. No? And with this influence, they brought consumerism to our country. And this has caused environmental problems then that our country has been facing for years but haven't been eradicated yet. And I also what she said that environmental problems here in the Philippines are mostly intertwined with each other. So, mga environmental problems natin here in the Philippines is also intertwined with social and economic problems. And if we don't address, you know, the root cause of these problems, if we don't try to make a change, then nothing will happen talaga. And our natural resources will continue to degrade. So, some of the environmental problems that uh, I have noticed here in the Philippines that haven't been eradicated yet is, of course, uh, climate change. So as we all know, climate change is the you know, accumulation of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere caused by uh, fossil fuels, uh, emissions, and it leads to other environmental problems such as you know, rising sea levels, ocean acidification, droughts, which in turn, these uh, rising sea levels, these other problems would cause social and economic problems. So our country is very vulnerable to climate change because of our geographical location since we're in the equator, right? So we are, uh, we are the, one of the most, uh, we are the countries, one of the most affected countries by uh, the effects of climate change, mga warmer temperatures, frequency of El Nino, La Nina, mga typhoons. So currently, um, I'm not sure how the Philippines is responding to climate change, but from what I've read in local news, I think this was back in April, uh, we pledged to cut greenhouse gas emissions by 75% uh, by 2030, which is, of course, a part of our agreement in the Paris Agreement on Climate Change. I really like what Ms. Tasha mentioned earlier, like, um, about consumerism here in the Philippines, like kunwari, we use our old T-shirts as basahan. Like, walang nasasayang, nothing is wasteful. Unlike in the West, even um, in just we um, get food delivery, and daming natatapon, everything goes to waste. So, I really like that. I really like that. Um, that that idea. That this is a Western idea. This is not who we are as Filipinos. Yeah, us Filipinas, we are, I think, naturally resourceful. One thing that I can share with you guys is every time na we get deliveries, groceries, all our paper bags are stored and not thrown away, you know. Kahit from McDonald's, Jollibee, we always find ways to stack them up for future use. No? So, again, we elaborate that colonialism, um, this resulted to the degradation of, of our environment, consumerism, climate change, um, this results to poverty. Um, this um, is a very systematic problem. So, 
for that, speaking of which, uh, Eddie, if you can answer first, what do you think are the factors that have contributed to the depreciation of our natural resources? And how bad actually is the state of our environment currently? I actually just wanted to highlight what Gail mentioned with the 73%. I feel like that's a good start to talk about like how far we are from the solution. Because out of the 73% that we're supposed to reduce by 2030 in terms of greenhouse gas emissions, only 2% of that is unconditional. So meaning only 2% of that can be done on our own as a nation. The rest of that has to be done with assistance from developed nations. And that's again why COP26 was supposedly so important is because we we're waiting for that funding to be assisted so that we can lessen carbon emissions. But again, because a lot of these developed countries are too scared to take accountability, which again is rooted in colonialism because they do know it's their fault. But then again, if they do take accountability, they, they admit to it, right? So again, one of the main driving problems now that we see in our environment and how bad it is, is that it already is so closely related to the politics of everything that it's already gotten to this point where there are people inside rooms making decisions that affect thousands of and millions of lives in the front lines of the climate crisis. So definitely one major aspect that has affected us is this separation and this gap between those in the front lines and those making decisions inside rooms and how in those in negotiations that affect nations. So I feel like to the extent of the damage in our country is again rooted back from way before. But definitely we already see in a lot of our coastlines plastic being a normal entity, um, as normal as sand almost. We we see all these things daily even within our own homes. It's this idea of food waste. Um, even though we can be resourceful, eventually it will it will still amount to something. Um, in a lot of different aspects, there are different things about the environment that have been degrading, especially when it comes to specific examples like our watersheds, our wetlands, specifically our mangrove forests that are being constantly used for either firewood or even illegal forms of livelihood. But again, we have to realize that we have to go back to the context of why these places are being exploited even by our own people. And it's often correlated because they need to eat and feed themselves. And this is why it was a really good point that Gail mentioned when we have to talk about environment, we have to talk about economic status and and society in general because most of the time the depletion happens because people are trying to find means of livelihood and this is why it's one goal for us to find out how we can use instead conservation efforts and the protection of our biodiversity to become sources of livelihood for people because the reason why it's being lost so quickly is because in the Philippines people a majority live on a day-to-day basis and Thinking about the environment is not something that they do before trying to feed their kids. So I think that's why it's so valuable to have conversations like this so that we could really highlight for us in this position where we we can talk about this like casually um, and figure out how we can make it digestible for people on ground that don't even realize what's happening to them shouldn't be a natural occurrence. So yeah, I think hopefully that kind of answered your question. Actually, well said. No? Those impoverished are, I think, are the ones that are or who have the most tendency to, let's say, you know, pollute. No, but at the same time, we can't blame them because they were put in that situation, which most of the time they can't reach out from. So they have to make do with what they have. Sustainability really does come with a cost. So this is very systematic. This is very sad. So how about you, Miss Gail? 
I definitely agree with what Tasha said that these environmental issues they're not they're not a priority of the government they're not a priority of these private companies and because of that they don't take accountability so even before the pandemic um, I noticed talaga that these efforts to resolve environmental issues that have been happening for a long time now, they've always been sidetracked. Mm. So even after uh, yeah. uh, it was proven that one of the reasons, one of the reasons that uh, COVID spread was because of, was from bats, right? I think it was from bats. Uh, even after we found out uh, that COVID originated uh, because of us disturbing their natural habitat, we still do not prioritize we still do not prioritize the conservation of biodiversity, which in fact, the conservation of biodiversity, if implemented properly, then we could have prevented the spread of COVID-19. So the government, or in general, I feel that they enable the practices that harm the environment. And aside from that, uh, not enough funds are allocated for environmental management. And sometimes we do see action from them. I would give them some credit at least. But the promises that they make often don't have concrete action. Aside from that, I'd like to discuss the implementation of the environmental laws in the Philippines. Most of them are outdated policies already. So for example, the air quality policy or the Clean Air Act in the Philippines, it hasn't been updated since it was set in 1999. But like air pollution in 1999 and the air pollution in 2022 is already different. So the standards for measuring air pollution should also be changed to match our current needs. So it is important to update our environmental policies to suit our current problems. So aside from this, uh, our environmental laws here in the Philippines, they fail to include provisions that tackle core issues. And if we don't tackle the core issues of the environmental problems, then we won't be able to resolve anything. We would just go around in circles. Rabbit, your input, Miss Gail and Tasha, it really has always been eye-opening, really insightful. So with all of these environmental problems that we have been discussing, this really goes to show of how kind of downplayed the entire world has tackled environmental issues. So amidst these adversity, amidst the severity of these issues, in what ways can us, the government, NGOs, the community, uh, do to help bring back the regeneration of our land, water, wildlife, back to maybe 50% of what it was. So I believe in order to be able to regenerate our land, our water, and our wildlife, our biodiversity back to its undisturbed state, is to demand accountability from the people in power because they have the ability, they have the resources to um, make change. So by people in power, I mean the government, private institutions. So let's go with the government first. The government should have a concrete plan of action and not just promises, uh, which should not just involve um, them. But they should include uh, mga indigenous people, the society, mga local government units. So to make sure that the plan would benefit everyone. And the concrete plan of action should address the root cause of the problem and it should be long-term because if it's just short-term, it may resolve some parts of the problem, but it will just keep reoccurring. So another thing is to update and 
to have a better implementation of our environmental laws. Unfortunately, these laws, because nadadownplay yung issue of climate change, hindi ganun ka-intense yung punishments, I would say, mga ganun, siguro it would be it would be best if yung mga offenders, especially kung mga big corporations yan, talagang managutan sila. <laughs> And um, also, sa government, it is important that they invest in science and technology research. We have a lot of brilliant scientists. Ang an dami ko rin napapanood sa balita ng mga innovations created by our youth. And unfortunately, dahil sa budget siguro, hindi na utilize yung mga ginagawang research ng mga ating mga kabataan, di ba? So, ayun, I think it would really be nice if the government would invest in our science and technology research, lalong-lalo na sa mga researches na related din to help uh, resolve yung mga environmental issues natin. And finally, they should consult scientists and experts whenever they come up with policies. Ganun. Dapat hindi lang talaga parang bulag-bulaga, no? They definitely have to take the input from us, especially. How about you, Ms. Tasho? In your own way, what do you think could we do to help fortify the future of our environment? Um, what I, I think Gail summarized a lot of what we can do very well, especially when it comes to like the policy side. Um, but I think I'd definitely like to start off with knowing our history. Environmentalism shouldn't be something that's labeled for a limited scope, but is something that's innately within every one of us, especially being Filipino. I think definitely we have to have this discussion more about the connectivity between culture and climate. And so understanding and reading our history is actually quite interesting and in seeing how we can see the root of all these different problems we're facing today and the best way to solve them. And definitely that would be one easy first step we can do. Um, another way when it comes to policy Um, I think one way is trying to understand specifically how civil society can be involved in certain things. So for example, like the nationally determined contributions to the Paris Climate Agreement, the consultation is open to civil society. And this is a perfect example of where you can involve yourself in voicing out your opinions. And I didn't really know about this before. I actually only learned about it um, early last year and I reached out to Um, the office of Senator Lauren Lagarde just because I didn't know where else to go to. So I actually reached out and they were willing enough to accommodate me in one of the discussions where they were they were going to talk about the first draft of the NDCs. And being in that conversation was empowering, but also I felt very alone because again, since it wasn't known to a lot of young people, you often feel like you're the only voice in the room. And so That's why through our organization, Kids for Kids, one of our main goals is seeing how we can simplify these different legal processes and show how young people can get themselves involved. And so other options really was seeing how we could simplify policies and make them easy. So we came out with this campaign called Policies Made Easy after that. Um, and we were able to simplify, I think, over six different environmental laws in the Philippines and create a handbook um, where people can read about these policies without being intimidated by all these different political jargon that's part of the actual draft. Um, and we illustrated it and made it friendly. And this was one way we made policies not so boring. Through a lot of our campaigns in Kids for Kids, what we really aim to do is make all these different problems that we're facing relatable to issues that the average Filipino youth faces. And how do you connect that to actually 
making people create social or environmental change. Um, we also make sure that a lot of the webinars or things that we do aren't just one-way conversations, but also really collaborative. So seeing what young people want to hear and giving them the platform to voice out all their crazy ideas and us coming in and helping them make it a reality. It's simply by having discussions and bringing the climate crisis into casual conversations that will then allow people to really relate to it at a personal level. Being a part of this whole conversation for the past six years, um, it's been very different. Like six years ago, a lot of people were just talking about the climate crisis or global warming as topics in class. And like the most sustainable option was using metal straws. I don't know if you guys remember that phase where everyone was just like, Oh my god, let's buy metal straws. So I feel like it has gradually changed now and conversations are getting deeper. Like what Gail was saying, the perfect example of her being so well-read in policies. That's something so new that we didn't see six years ago with a lot of young people today. So people really are understanding how they can involve themselves in the solutions. I think now it's just really finding this space where we can connect instead of compete. And so that's what we've been trying to do with our organization. It's really trying to establish this collaborative community rather than trying to compete to one-up another to find the solution to this or that. To save, again, our environment, it has to be a collective effort and it has to be led by the value of community. We shouldn't anymore look at people as different social classes, as people from different schools, as people from different fields. But again, the approach always has to be multidisciplinary. Um, as I think Angela mentioned a while ago when she talked about art, that's one way I personally have found my space. It's using your passion to find purpose. And eventually, you'll be able to kind of solve all these daunting issues by just using things that you love to do. So, yeah. Wow. Grab it. I would like to give, you know, the props to you, Tasha, Miss Gail. Because with everything that you guys have said, no, going from how colonialism has affected the whole course of the environment here, not only in the Philippines, but in the world, to the manifestation of it now in our government system. So I think with that said, if I may ask um, Tasha, uh, Miss Gail, what are your guys' hashtag sana sa 2022? I'll give you guys time to think. So I'll share mine first. No? So my hashtag sana sa 2022 ay sana we are more wiser. Wiser in a way that we are not oblivious to the realities of life and we are not naive. Yeah. How about you, Angela? Hmm. My hashtag sana sa 2022 is sana sa 2022 sustainable fashion or slow fashion is the trend. With that, trends come and go. Factories overproduce and when they don't sell, they go to landfills. Actually, majority of clothing go to landfills, right? Also brings up the issue uh, in the labor market. So like child labor, dangerous working environments as well, um, underpaid workers. Sana sa 2022, slow fashion is the trend. How about you guys? So my sana for 2022 is sana magpatuloy ang progress natin. We have learned a lot, especially here in the Philippines, uh, halos two years na yung pandemic, right? One of the good things that came out of this was, uh, ako personally, I've spent a lot of time then sa social media reading up about the mga social issues. And I observed then from my group of friends, ganun din yung para nangyari sa kanila. And I guess that was the same for everyone since we had a lot more time on our hands. 
we were not just learning about social issues, we were learning things about ourselves, things about the environment. And I hope that the good things that we have learned from this pandemic is mabibit-bit natin post-pandemic when the schools open up again, when siguro hopefully COVID is contained na. I hope na sana uh, yung progress na nagawa natin is mabibit-bit natin para ayun magpatuloy pa and hopefully uh, we would be better, wiser people, a better and wiser nation. How about you, um, Tasha? What's your sign as a 2022? Um, I think one of my main hopes for our nation in general is to again root a lot of the things that we fight for in our culture because I feel like that's one way we can really continue moving forward because more often than not we feel like to develop we need to create everything anew but in reality sometimes it's understanding the past so that we could really move forward um, and that's definitely something that I hope we can do for 2022 even during the elections understanding and remembering the value of what happened before so we don't repeat it I mean we talk a lot about colonial mentality I think in this funny comment because I'm taking up my thesis this year and my prof told us for no one to do anything to do with colonial mentality because it's said over and over again and we're always constantly trying to find our way out of it. One way that we can move forward from that is already taking into account that colonial mentality has already manifested itself into physical things. It's the sachets that we see. It's the plastic that ends up in our ocean. We can't just be thinking about solutions. We have to make sure people implement it and we have to ask ourselves if we can be a part of that solution. So I feel like one way as well that we could really move forward is that people begin to take out this stigma that environmentalism is only for a given few. We have all our individual roles to play and no one is ever going to be a perfect environmentalist because sometimes we can't make eco-friendly decisions, which is like completely understandable, especially in developing countries like ours, right? So also small actions can build up to great change. And that even if we definitely put the blame on other people or individuals not taking enough action, continue to push for accountability from, from our so-called leaders and our government and realize that we have to move forward with or without them at this point. We can be that human race and that generation that decides to change um, and make sure we hold people accountable at the same time so that also we don't really feel like the burden's on us. Because I feel like that's one hard thing that a lot of people do is like oh my gosh like it's our fault we're putting ourselves in this situation but sometimes it completely isn't like it can be all these different people taking advantage of nations right so so yeah definitely just learning and continuing to read up on the past so that we could move forward with um culture climate and using creative solutions for all our different issues that we face today absolutely no I really love na we the youth we are also evolving. I think it's good to remember na hindi makakaharin ng civil society uh, NGOs won't be formed if there wasn't a problem in the first place. The government really do need to listen to us. They need to make better policies, listen to experts, invest more in science and technology. Uh, we really do need to have better design for the public. Again, we thank Ms. Tasha Tanhutko of Kids for Kids Philippines and Ms. Gail Nassau of Earth USD. It was a pleasure having the two of you here, the CAPs team and the whole of USD UNESCO Club are beyond thankful for the two of you for accepting our invitation to be here and sharing your expertise with us. All right. 
So Angela and I are really hoping that maybe one day we can share another conversation again. Even us as hosts, based from what we've heard from the both of you, it's really eye-opening to see what we are capable of thinking of. And I'm sure uh, our fellow advocates who will be watching, they're as delighted as we are about today's episode. How could we forget? We will also get to know our raffle winners from our last episode after this message. We've sent emails to our winning listeners from the last episode. For this episode, you already know the drill. Accomplish our post-evaluation form and get the chance to win some Gcash. The link to the form can be found on the description. Well, advocates, this marks the end of episode 6 for Bluer Seas and Greener Lands. I can't believe that this is already the 6th episode of this entire series as we near the finals of this entire event. Advocates, stay tuned as for the final wrap-up, the episode that we'll be showing soon would be on what it takes to be an advocate. That's all I could say right now, but if you guys would like to know more, please stay tuned on our social media pages and read what we post. Uh, before we let you go, don't forget to follow us on our official social media pages. We are USD UNESCO Club on Facebook and at USD underscore UNESCO Club on Twitter and Instagram. What a ride this entire conversation has been. Again, I'm Lorenzo. And Angela. See you soon, advocates. Thank you for tuning in. Be updated with new episodes by following our social media accounts at USD underscore UNESCO Club for Instagram and Twitter and USD UNESCO Club on Facebook.